1: Good afternoon, everybody. It is the Steve Jones Show on a Thursday. News Radio 1070 WKOK. Matt Catrillo here with you. Steve will soon be there from the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. All new pre-owned inventory. All at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburyboaters.com. Big one to get into again today, Dick Girardi, of course, from the Philadelphia Inquirer, Steve's broadcast partner for Penn State men's basketball, joining us today to give his take on the Bob Baffert two-year ban from Churchill Downs in the Kentucky Derby and the now-confirmed positive test of Medina Spirit, which is going to be putting that horse on the way to being disqualified and becoming the second horse in the race's 147-year history to be disqualified for a failed drug test. So he's going to join us today for that. And, of course, the Belmont is this weekend, the Belmont Stakes in New York. And he'll join us to preview that as well. Always a good look from him if you're looking to try to win some cash on that this weekend. So we'll have Dick on with us, DJ on with us in a little bit. We spent a great deal of the show yesterday re- reacting to the retirement of Coach K. And Tim Brando from Fox Sports joined Steve yesterday at four oh six, And he had a lot to say. And we have that on the SteveJonesShow.com podcast page. And you can check it out on our Facebook and, and Twitter pages, too. You'll definitely want to take a quick look at that. And now Coach K comes out today and says his retirement is for family not because of changes in the sport as a lot of speculation has gone toward that including from Tim Brando yesterday which you can of course you can create a lot of those connect a lot of those dots because of Roy Williams leaving all the changes with name image and likeness even though coach K has been for that And then, of course, all the issues associated with the transfer portal in that current state. And then, of course, we've talked about the one-and-done rule. Coach K was a big advocate of trying to change that. But, of course, NCAA doesn't have anything to do with that. That, of course, is the NBAPA, the Players Association for the NBA, who established that several years ago. But as I kind of mentioned earlier... I think the... Well, I'll say this. I, I think Steve and Tim are somewhat right thinking that the toll of the pandemic and playing through the pandemic last year probably took a toll on Coach K. Who is 75? I That's actually older than I thought he was. I thought he was a little bit younger than that. But yeah, he's 75. And he had even mentioned during the year we shouldn't be playing but duke was in the midst of a not so good season as was north carolina so i've always come to wonder did he say that at the time just at a convenience because he's not having a good year and i still think that to some extent did he retire how much of how much of a rough year that it was for duke that he just have had enough in the midst of Dealing with the pandemic. That's why I said yesterday I can somewhat buy that. Because if you're dealing with all this and you're not winning, then it's a lot tougher to deal with than if at least you're still winning and at least you're still a championship contender. But even with the changes in the in the game with the transfer portal and everything else, as we said yesterday, it's already hard enough for coaches to recruit players just to get them there now with the way things are with the transfer portal they have to re-recruit them
0: <sighs>
1: and now he's claiming it's just for family which i don't know if i totally buy that either steve but that's at least what he says he is a family man so you know, he, I, know. He, I think I that's, know. that's easy him. for him to save and i know you've met him before I, and though know that's need to be true
0: and i've, uh, I've met mickey so yes talk, talk with mickey Uh, Look, let's start with this. He's 74 years old. Uh, He's going to be 75 when he coaches his last game. Something, I mean, you listen to his press conference today. And I also heard him interviewed later. And... He talked about balance and perspective that he used to micromanage everything which by the way sounds a lot like Joe early in his career microman I mean Joe I mean Joe called all the defenses Joe called all the offenses Joe micromanaged everything as time went he delegated more. same thing with Mike Sheshevsky he talked about he micromanaged everything. And then, as time went, he says, "Wait a minute! I got to get a little more balance here, and also that, for example, you know, his girls are growing up. Well, you know, he's got a big game or a big win or a big game coming up, and a good practice, a bad practice. We well, go home, and all of a sudden, and he'd sit down at the dinner table, and like, and his daughter had a problem at school, right?" And he'd be like, "Well, we didn't have a great pride." And they're like, "No, no, no! You don't understand. She had a bad day at school today." It's like, it's like that started imparting to him, "Hey, look, I got to get some balance here. Like, you go home and you get you you get humbled right away when you go home. You know, it's the way it is. And believe me, the household can humble you fast." As to you know hey what a great uh, uh by the way uh you know, this happened oh um you know you're a husband you're a father he talked about he talked about going to his grandkids games and things like that but guess what that's the part i buy i buy that what do you think i did last night Hey, what do you think I did last night?
1: You went to Little when the
0: League. Show was, when the show was over last night, I drove out to Circleville Park and watched two at-bats of a T-ball game. Because my five-year-old grandson was playing in the T-ball game. And it was important for me to be there. I then drove from there to the Ferguson Township Lions Park because my nine-year-old grandson was playing in his game. And I wanted each one to know that their grandfather was there. Okay? Now, did I, you know, would I elect on a normal day to go do that? No. Of course not. I wouldn't go to any Little League game if it didn't involve my grandchildren so i know exactly what he's talking about about what he wants to do so that's why you know it's it's that balance um that is 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 what he's talking about and i i could i I don't know. I can, you know, I'm not, I'm, look, I'm 11 years younger than he is. Okay. But I know what he's talking. I know I, I, when he started talking about that stuff, I'm like, well, I can relate to that. So you're young. You're not going to think that way. I mean, you're not there yet. Um, just a little thing, for example, like, you know, let me, um, Let's see, Luke just turned, what, 17 months? Correct. Okay. Uh, and you're like, how in the heck does Steve know that? Believe me, when you're a New Year's Day baby, everybody can figure out how, how long it is, okay? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's not, not that difficult. Uh, and, okay, so he's 17 months. There's going to be a point where Luke turns six. All right, so in four and a half years where he's gonna maybe you know if you decide to put him in a T-ball, okay, you're gonna to want to be there. And as much as you may have to do at a particular job, it's going to be better and more rewarding that you're there. The only you know I talked about I've talked about coaching little league and basketball and things like that with my kids. I did that for 14 years just so I could be with my kids. Yeah, it turned out great that you got to meet everybody else's kids and coach them, and I, you know, and it's still great today where they come up, hey, Mr. Jones, yeah, hey, and you, you know, and you forge that kind of relationship. But the only reason I got into it was so I could be with mine all the time. That's why I did it, and I wasn't a, you know, <laughs> I mean, did I do a good job as a coach? <laughs> it was all right, it was fine, but I was out there throwing the ball around or shooting the ball around with my kids. Oh, and by the way, I'm coaching your kids, too. But that's why I did it. So I could be there all the time. So they could have their dad with them all the time. Yeah. Then I could go out there, you know, with with the mediocrity of my coaching and follow up everybody else's kids, too. (laughs) Yeah. But that's why I did it. Okay. And there were times where I was coaching a couple of teams at the same time. And I'd run from one field to the other. Why? Because it was my kids. And so he's talking about this, about his grandkids and things. Now, he has all daughters, all right? But, you it, it, know, time gives you perspective. Time gives you Perspective. He was asked today in an interview, not in the press conference. He was asked today in an interview, "Would you want to coach? To, would you take a job today?" And he said, "If he was a young coach, he would." So, if you were a young coach, because everything's just, it would be established today. When you've been in the in the game as long as he has been in, there have been so many twists, turns, and changes and adaptations. So, when it ta- when we start talking about Oh, the greatest coaches of all time! You hear Wooden's name. Look to me. With different eras, the game is over a hundred years old now. I think it. You get into a grouping of among the greatest coaches. How about that? Right, people that can stand side by side. Sisowski can stand side by side with with Wooden. He can stand side by side with Dean Smith. He can stand side by side with with Adolf Rob. You know, you can go through the whole gambit of them. Right. Okay. Uh, but each one faced different issues along the way. So let's let's look, for example, John Wooden. Gold standard, ten national titles. But you know what John Wooden never had to deal with? He never had to deal with the idea that Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Luell Cinder, was going to leave early. He woke up every day for three years because they uh, the freshman team obviously couldn't play as a freshman. He knew he was going to have Kareem for the next three years. He knew he was going to have Allen for the next three years. He knew he was going to have Lynn Shackleford for three years. He knew he was going to have Walt Hazard and Gail Goodrich. They were going to leave. Bill Walton was not going to leave. Because that wasn't the rule. Transfers? <laughs> no. You had to sit out a year. I mean, for goodness sake, Swen Nader was a really good NBA center. Really good. Not awesome and incredible, but really good. Guess what? He was the backup at UCLA. I need more playing time. I'm going to transfer to USC. No, that's not going to happen. I mean, it's the same thing we you talk about Pat Summon and Gina Oriyama. They don't have to deal with it. It's a one-and-done thing in women's basketball. They get players, they're there for four years. Now, for the first time ever, they have to deal with tran- you know, the one-time transfer rule for the first time ever. But Pat Summitt never had to deal with that. She recruited somebody. We have Michelle Marciniak on the show. Michelle Marciniak was going to be there for four years. Hey, Diana Taurasi was going to be at UConn for four years. If she transferred, she'd have to sit out a year. I'm going to do that. Leave early for the WNBA? Psh, nope, doesn't exist. Mike Shishovsky, one and done Have to deal with it. Have to adapt. You know, I mean, his early team. I mean, do you think Grant Hill stays four years in today's basketball? Do you think Grant Hill stays four years? Christian later, four years? Really? No. Grant Hill's played four years at Duke. Does he stay four years at Duke today? I me mean, ask you I mean, I mean, get real. And now a coach has to deal with name, image, and likeness. How does it affect the locker room? How does it affect time management? I mean, there are all sorts of things that the NCAA puts in that, to me, make no sense. Now, let me give you a small one. They get to work four hours a week with them in the offseason really four hours really guess what players do now when they only get four hours they start going to private gyms and they start working out with somebody else coaches need more time with their current players not less and i've said that over and over again college football you need more time with your players in the offseason not less There are too many rules in the NCAA that are, that, you know, like the, there are a lot of entrepreneurs out there that are taking advantage of the situation of NCAA rules and also what the NBA does. And they're taking advantage of it. And college needs to do a better control of getting some control back where the primary place they should be thinking about making sure they work out and be a part of is actually in their own gym on their own campus instead of an outside influence. And the NCAA's got to get their head out of the sand on that. But at the same time, the NBA has to do a better job of working with the NCAA. Instead of not caring about the NCAA. Or about NCAA basketball, not the NCAA itself. And so he's right about all that stuff. So I know you you don't buy it, you don't buy anything. I mean, you know, but you know, you think Aaron Boone's a better manager than Shoshevsky was a coach, but that's another story. <laughs> all right,
1: so No. I no. Mean, nah, a much better coach.
0: No, no, to be frank with it, I mean that's really a sad commentary. All right, back <laughs> with more in a moment. Great to have you with us today on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is The Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now, from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. That progressive commercial was actually a tape taken from the suit in his car going to a shickle me game. <laughs> it just. He asked me one time, how do you warm up before a game? I said, they turn on the mic and I start talking. I mean, what? That, <laughs> that, I mean. Get the lingerie on the deck. Call the janitor. Like, uh, do you gargle? No I, no, I just start talking. We're on? Okay, good. <laughs> oh, good. S-U-I-T.
1: That spells suit. DA.
0: Ah yes, The guy whose favorite month of the year is August. All right, um, <laughs> sure, okay. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, Fourth Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes Eleven and Fifteen, Hummel's Wharf. Online at SunburyMotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai, great new inventory, the best in pre-owned inventory. I mean, your budget may say, eh, you know, I got to go that way. Well, you want to go with something that's really nice and something you can trust. Sunbury Motors has a full lot of really nice, and for you, the buyer, a full lot of vehicles you can trust. They have the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Great time to deal, to Sunbury Motors, 4th Street, in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors here which 11 and 15 Hummels Wharf online at SunburyMotors.com. All right, so so back to, obviously, with Mike Krzyzewski retiring, that really, we're ending a golden era of coaches when he leaves. I mean, Roy Williams, of course, two months ago stepped down at North Carolina. Mike Shishovsky, of course, Dean Smith has has long since passed. Uh, you look at the Big East coaches: John, the late John Thompson, the late Rolly Massimino, Jim Calhoun, Jim Bayheim's still there. We'll talk about him in a moment. Um, you know, even P.J. Carlissimo at Seton Hall before that, Bill Raftery. Uh, Louis Carnesecca at St. John's. I mean that that golden era where that if you get a chance watch that incredible thirty for thirty that um, ESPN produced on the Big East, phenomenal. And Mike Gorman, of course, uh, whom I have nothing but the highest regard for, was one of the voices of the Big East. In fact, he would do games with Dave Gavitt as his analyst. But that was the golden era of coaches. Oh, by the way, in Providence had a couple of young coaches that were pretty good. Some guy named Rick Pitino got them to the Final Four. Then eventually some guy named Rick Barnes. Hmm. But where are we now with that? Yes, Jim Bayheim is 76, still there. And I am not one of those individuals associated with Penn State that – Jim Bayheim because I know Beheim is always kind of taking a little subtle dig here and there. If you ever talk to Jim Bayheim or you're around him or around Julie Bayheim, they're really, really nice people. I mean, really. I have no issue with Jim. None. I have nothing but the highest respect for Jim, to be frank with you. But, you know, Jim Boeheim, um, Jay Wright, who was just on the show two weeks ago. Um, I mean, who else falls into that category now? John Calipari? But John, but John has had like some, a lot of twists and turns in his career. Rick Pitino could be, but all the twists and turns in his career. Mark Few's at Gonzaga. 2001, I'm doing the Sweet 16 at the Georgia Dome. Penn State played Temple. The other half of the bracket was Michigan State, Tom Izzo, obviously falls into that category. Tom Izzo and Mark Few at Gonzaga. Yes, Mark Few was coaching Gonzaga way back then. But few coaches at Gonzaga does does not have a national championship. And by the way, Gonzaga will play a couple of significant games in December, and then they do not reenter the stream of consciousness until March. I mean, I'm sorry. The matchup with Santa Clara doesn't move the needle. It just doesn't happen. Now, Izzo, Tom, I mean, Tom's 65 now. So Izzo's in that category, but we're really now whittled down to the number of legendary coaches that are going to be around. And you say, well, the new young guy's going to establish their own. I don't know if they will. As I mentioned, when I first entered the league in the Big Ten, it was Bob Knight at in Indiana. Has he been replaced? No. Lou Henson at Illinois. Now, the interesting about Illinois is they've had Lon Kruger, they've had Bill Self, but they didn't stay. They left for other jobs. Kruger left for the Hawks job at the NBA, and Bill Self left for Kansas. Gene Cady. Now, Matt Painter has certainly replaced him, and Matt's done a great job at Purdue. He really has. Judd Heathcote, time is home. Steve Fisher, and it's been just a hodgepodge of coaches. Life. Now, John Beeline was there for a long time. I have a lot of respect for John, too. Clem Haskins at Minnesota has never been replaced. Now, of course, they were on probation, too. But these were the coaches. Bill Foster was the coach at uh, at Northwestern when I got into the league. Who had been the coach, by the way, at Duke before Krzyzewski got the job. I mean, has Jim Calhoun been replaced at UConn? Nope. Has John Thompson been replaced at Georgetown? Nope. It's not easy. It's not an enviable spot for John Shire to be in. The one part where John Shire will have an advantage at Duke is that they know he is going to be the next coach, and he can recruit that way. So he can recruit. Now we're going into the summer recruiting cycle for college basketball. He can recruit that way. He'll be the next coach. But, man, it is not being the next guy after the legend. It's not easy. But as for Shashevsky, look, so many things. There's so much more to manage these days. You have to re-recruit your roster every year. In college basketball, you have one and done. At least in college football, you have three and done. Transfer portal. I'm not happy. I need more playing time. Gone. And I've said, how many times have I said on this show, uh, Matt, that coaches need more time with their current players, not less? Oh, yeah. Over and over. And it's something for some ungodly reason I cannot understand why the NCAA doesn't have that kind of common sense. Look, do I want them out there practicing 20 hours a week in May? No. But no coach wants to do that anyway. You don't want your, you know, you want them out there in the heat? Like, Let's throw some pads on No, but you want more contact with your players. You don't want, well, you know what, i got to work out more. I'm going to go to this, this entity over here. Oh, and by the way, and suddenly you start allowing outside entities to get in there. And I'm not talking about control. I'm just talking about the common sense part of it. I want my coaches to have more contact with the players, not less. And the NCAA in the offseason is always promoting less contact. Like, what are you doing? Where well, the contact's all with the strength and conditioning coach. I mean, come on. That's never made sense to me. Oh, you know, it, it never – because, look, most coaches are going to be smart enough, like, you don't want to overwork them. But a college basketball coach gets to work four hours a week – On the court with a player, really? Or four? You have four hours total between everything you do, really? Give them more time. Let them sit down. Let's go through some tape together. Let's you know, apply it to the court. You know, come on. You You want, you want, when they're not doing academic work. When they're not doing academic work, you want that to be the center of what's going on. And it also allows you to talk with them, promote some balance, too. The balance part that he talked about, he's talked about that repeatedly. Krzyzewski did. About balance. You can dive into this so deep. And this goes for any profession. We're always trying to get ahead, trying to get ahead, trying to get ahead. Or in his case, trying to win that big game, trying to win that conference title, trying to win, you know, where you get and all of a sudden you lose, like like all the stuff's around you and you sort of, yeah, 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 I'll make sure I'm there, all right? Right. And all of a sudden, you don't want life to go by, and you feel like you miss something. In your drive to be the best in your profession, there is a balance as to how you can do that. And you know what? He's 74 now; he's going to be 75 now. Matt doesn't believe a word he said today, but that's just a, you know.
1: I believe it to some extent. But if he were in the tournament this past year, would he retire?
0: Yes. I would because, say no. Yes. Yes, he would have. I, I firmly believe he would have. He's 74 years old well, then, now. But
1: then if he did in that case, when he was still in the midst of being a championship contender, then I would absolutely hand it to him and believe every word he said.
0: Well, but he's, he's got a team that's going to be they, – they are not a national championship contender this year, but they'll make the tournament this year. He's got a couple five-star and duns coming in and so forth. It's not like he's going to have like Zion Williamson and Barrett and those guys who, by the way, didn't make the Final Four. I mean, what what were they? Second round elimination? Something like that when they were there. But um, I I think he would have. I think sometimes you just look around and say, you know what? Maybe it's time. He's 74, Matt. He's going to be 75 when he retires, okay? He's not 55. There is a big difference. I mean, he's been on that job for 41 years there's a big difference he is not in his 40s you know you know riding high or whatever you know the whole thing i think he sometimes you look around and go you know what maybe it's time in life it's okay to feel that way
1: it, it's it's fine but i i think i think i would buy this a little bit more if he didn't share those comments about we shouldn't play at all in the midst of the pandemic when Duke was on that big losing streak earlier in the year if he didn't say that and he just went through the season and slugged it out and just came out and said yesterday hey I think it's time then I can totally buy those reasons
0: yeah but you got to remember why didn't Penn State play in a bowl game this year
1: well, because they had enough. But if it was a New Good. Year's six, if it was a New Year six game or the college football playoff, it'd probably be a different story, I would think. But because it wasn't one of those games, then yeah, but, yeah. I I don't blame them for not playing. Absolutely, I agreed with that decision by Penn State.
0: And and, and for Schuessky and Duke, every time they turned around, they had to pause. Hey, say I mean I, I mean I didn't get into it when Jay was on the show, but. I mean, Villanova had, had to pause, what, a couple of times during the course of the year? Yep. It was so hard to do that. It was hard to do all of that this year for everybody, including him. He just, I mean, and that's why you look around okay, maybe we shouldn't be doing this thing. And just because this is going to be Penn State football, for example, let's just use them because I can't speak to what the Duke testing situation was. But Penn State had 58 false positives. 58. It might be even up to 60. 60 false positives. Well, guess what happens when you get the false positive? It could be a coach. It could be a player. Okay. Off you go to Geisinger, 75 miles. Got to get the PCR test. Takes time. Drive back seventy-five miles. Boom. Wait for a result. Meanwhile, the team's looking around. Okay, okay. How did we okay? Okay. Do we have to quarantine anybody? What? I'm sorry. Everybody had to deal. I mean, I mean, Baylor national champion had to go three weeks, couldn't play. Which means if you're not playing, you're not practicing. So I don't blame him for saying. Maybe we ought to bag this thing because it got to be a pain in the you know what to try and make it happen. I give them credit for going all the way through. I mean, uh you know, let's take a let's I mean the Ivy League didn't play at all, Matt. The Patriot League only played like four teams. Right. I mean the Patriot League I mean, how many different teams did Bucknell play? Four?
1: Yes. Men I mean, and women. Four,
0: right. That was it. Nine conference didn't play. There was no non-conference games, none. Right, MIAC didn't play at all. Parents Day was scheduled to play Maryland Eastern Short. had to cancel. They canceled their season. Chicago State started the year zero and nine. Boom. COVID canceled the season. It was a, it was a really remarkable. They got through it to the end like they did, so. In the middle of it, somebody makes a comment about it's not worth making. I don't blame them for saying that. I don't read too much into it except for like, God, every time. I I mean, you felt like as the season went, you felt like you were surviving every week. I mean, for goodness sakes, Penn State went on pause. I mean, so I, I mean you know, so as a broadcaster, okay, I'm gonna okay, I'm getting ready now for the Wisconsin game. Or oh, not gonna play the Wisconsin game. But we might be playing the Michigan game. Okay, so now you get ready for the Michigan. I'm not gonna play the Michigan game. And finally you get word they are gonna come back. Oh, and by the way, hey, we're gonna make up for a game here and make up for a game there. Okay. You do what you have to do, but it doesn't mean that everybody doesn't have to make make an adjustment. Had to. Everybody did. I mean, so in the heat of the moment, he says something like that. I wouldn't read too much into that, other than the fact that in the heat of the moment, everywhere you looked, there was a pain in the you-know-what for everybody to go through. I wouldn't read too much into that. And when you're 74 years old and you got grandkids, and and your wife's saying, hey, come on, what do you think? It's not like he's retiring now. He's going to go one more year to make it a smoother transition. And after that... Yeah. You know, I don't read too much into that stuff. So usually you find out through experience. Most answers are far more simple than everybody tries to think too much. And as everybody can tell on this show, I try not to think at all. Back with more in a moment. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. So today yeah, I was talking to Matt during the break, I'm, and I mean this with all sincerity. You know, I kid all the time with, about Kevin and the suit and the whole deal, but I've said to—I was saying to Matt—I said you have no—you uh, have no idea how many times I told Kevin like, 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 stop thinking so much. And I in other words, and I—I I, I meant that in all seriousness to him. In other words, you can overthink things. Usually, a lot of the solutions around you are actually far simpler than you realize. That's why you know I try not to overthink things, and that's the reason that I try not to overthink things, because I, you end up through experience finding out that most of the stuff is a lot simpler, or the answer is a lot simpler than you realize.